Hello, uh, welcome to um, the first of a series of podcasts uh, designed to help you, uh, your 11s, your 10s, with GCSE 16 mark questions. We know these are the most difficult ones by a long way, um, so we're going to have a go today at looking for at one on the Elizabethan period. Um, so I'm Mr Hall and I'm here with Mr Clayton. Hello. Uh, who's head of history at Bridge North Endowed School um, and a uh, long history of good exam results, haven't we, sir, between us. Oh, yes. Uh, so, uh, today's question we're going to have a look at um, is a 16 mark on Elizabethan religious settlement, and it is, Elizabeth's religious settlement was a successful compromise. How far do you agree? So, Mr Clayton, what would you say is the first thing students need to do, need to think about all mistakes to avoid at this question? Well, I think, first of all, you've got to think about um, the compromise um, nature of the settlement. Why was it a compromise, right? And then think about, uh, well, how do we measure its success then, right? Uh, mm. how, you know, um, a compromise, obviously, it was um, trying to appeal to Catholics and Protestants uh, to get them to work together um, and to get them to live together um, peacefully um, and to avoid uh, revolts. Um, so uh, how do we measure that success? Yeah, really good point. So you always need to think about the question, what it's asking you to do. In this case, what does compromise mean and how do we measure it? That's a really good point. So I guess if we were marking this, the first point we'd like, the most obvious people we think about liking or disliking the settlement would be the Catholics. Um, would you say it's fair to say about 50% of the country were Catholic at the time still? Well, we know the Catholics were a minority and a large minority, but mm -hmm. I think historians um, can't really put a... a a figure on it it's I think it's probably less than 50% right. because of course it's a long time since Henry VIII uh, and his uh, church settlement um, so we've the the country's had over 20 years now um, to um, as a Protestant country so I think we're looking at I always think around 30% right um, okay so a sizable majority to try and please now Elizabeth has got a very very difficult situation she's got to try and please both the Catholics and the Protestants and she goes for this middle way as she calls it she she thinks I think she thinks she's being quite clever with it so if we just go through some of the things that she did which I believe that she thought the Catholics would see as sort of wins um, amongst this. So, first of all, something that probably wasn't difficult for Elizabeth was she did like churches decoratively um, sort of laid out, didn't, didn't she? Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Um, so, stained glass. Um, yeah. Now, the paintings, um, the medieval wall paintings have mostly disappeared by now. They'd all be in some... Oh, really? Watch, but, okay. But uh, uh, stained glass and decorative woodwork and... Um, um, you know, beautiful candlesticks and and so on on the altar. So that's all fine. You would go into these churches, and in more importantly, perhaps you would feel like you're in a Catholic church, perhaps. So that would be important for a Catholic. So in terms of the, of the layout of a church, probably um, a compromise that most Catholics were willing to accept. I think we'd probably yeah. both agree. Um, we know the problem that her father Henry had had. Henry had. Um, when he'd um, broken from the Roman Catholic Church back in 1529, he'd said that um, he'd called himself the supreme head of the church. Elizabeth cleverly gets round this one, not by calling herself the head, but by calling herself... The uh, supreme governor. Yes, um, the so, clever one. So that's uh, uh, quite a, a clever move, yes, because head of the church would imply the sort of... Um, the sort of superiority of the male over over female, and um, 
that would have offended a lot of people. You know, right. the, the idea of a woman being in charge of the uh, of the church. So no pope, but mm-hmm. she's not calling herself a direct substitute. And again, hoping that that won't inflame the views of many Catholics. Um, on top of this, of course, we've got priests wear investments, which we won't go into now. But again, something that Catholics would have liked. And uh, perhaps on top of all that, unlike you know, the certainly the three previous Tudor monarchs, anybody who really deep in their heart of hearts, wasn't really going along with this settlement, didn't quite get the same severe punishments. There was no burnings, uh, there was no executions until 1577. So you're talking about the best part of 19 years or 18 years of this settlement and really, you know, only fines for people having their own sort of secret masses and things like that. So it's got to be a compromise, right? It's got to be a show that it's working. Yes, yes. Just... And, and the, the fine was only um, a shilling a week for not attending um, a Protestant church. And that was a lot of money for a poor person. So it certainly kept the poor in line. But it was, it was nothing to, to someone who was wealthy. So in terms of the, the, the important political people, right. um, uh, the Catholic gentry and so on, um, they're not going to be bothered about paying a, um, a shilling a week for not going to a Protestant church. Fantastic. So there's enough there for any student to write down reasons why this was a success, Okay, just by maybe the looks, the ambience of the church, things like that. A group that people often forget to mention, because it is a little bit harder, um, are the extreme Protestants or Puritans, if they've become nicknamed them. So um, could we start off, Mr Clayton, talking about what you think Puritans would have liked about this settlement? Because no one really thinks about Puritans. They always think about Catholics, don't they, and Protestants. Yes, because the, um, the Puritans, again, they're a minority. Um, we, again, it's very hard to know how many people were Puritans, but they're, they're a smaller group than the Catholics. Mm. But, but some prominent um, figures... Some prominent figures, yes, but of course um, the Puritans are never going to um, be involved in any plots with foreign powers because most of the foreign powers that could threaten England, like France and Spain, were Catholics. Right, so the yeah, Puritans are never going to bring in a, a Spanish army to overthrow Elizabeth. So the Puritans are, are less of a threat. Um, and again... Um, Elizabeth is, is not wanting to ignore them. She doesn't want to push them out and force them into rebellion. So she does uh, want to have some things in her settlement which will uh, appeal to them. Um, so the fact that um, the Pope, obviously, is, is still out of the equation. They like that. that. Uh, they like that. Um, the fact that um, priests can get married... Um, that that was a um, a real uh, bonus uh, for her, because so uh, the Pro- the Puritans and the Protestants believed in in clerical marriage. Okay. Um, the churches are um, decorative. Yes, decorations are allowed, but it's not over the top. There's there's um, you know there's not lots of statues which the Puritans were worried about. You know that might lead people into idolatry, and Good. most of the wall paintings have gone. Um, so. Some churches were actually very plain. You know, they've been their walls have been whitewashed um, in in the days of Henry VIII, and uh, they stayed like that, and the, and the Puritans like that. So it's important for the students to know that uh, again, there were elements in here. So Elizabeth, in one way, I mean, you've almost got. I'd say if you answered just what we've said so far, they could pick up maybe ten or eleven of these sixteen marks for purely arguing how how it's pleased both Catholics and. Uh, Puritans. I think we'd want to read that, wouldn't we? They wouldn't, we wouldn't want them to yes. miss out one group yes. or the other. So let's think about then, uh, just to draw this to a close, um, the opposition, um, people who, um, who or bits of this uh, settlement that weren't particularly popular. So what, what jumps out as being the thing to you that, um, 
that you know was hated from either side. Well, for the Puritans, um, the fact that the bishops were still there, that um, the Puritans were. What far is this rather... thing with bishops? Where does that come from? Well, um, ultimately, it, it comes from um, sort of church tradition. Um, the Puritans uh, wanted everything to be based on the Bible, and in the Bible, right. there's no mention of bishops. Um, and it seems that the early Christian church was actually governed by uh, a sort of committee of elders or. or, or um, uh, leaders uh, which would which were chosen by the population um, and that's what the um, the Puritans would have liked so they didn't like the bishops um, they didn't like the sort of decorative robes um, of the clergy um, as these vestments is yes it? but they tended to be worn only in services that uh, the, the the Puritans preferred um, their priests just to wear black robes uh, and That's the pure, of, I guess, that yeah. becomes the sort of day-to-day wear of, of most priests they only put on their sort of decorative so do they um, we've got things that they service. they don't like are they sitting there just whinging about them or do we have something concrete that students could just briefly mention is there anything that puritans did i know there was a petition was that, that as far as they go isn't it in terms of their opposition yes because again the um the puritans are, are very conscious do, about what it, it says in the bible and the bible t- um, you know, talks about obedience to authority, um, that you know, no government um, is is there without God's um, sort of permission, if you like, without God's right. will. And so they're not going to try and overthrow the Queen because that would be seen as going against the Bible. Yeah, and, and of course, again, like we said, there aren't really any foreign powers to back them, are there? No. Definitely, of course, for Catholics, um, as much as Elizabeth perhaps thought that the thing she'd... I think she was surprised. I thought that maybe she thought that the thing she'd offered uh, would would be enough. Um, if we think about the things of maybe why Catholics wouldn't see this as a successful compromise, for me, um, the first thing that comes to mind um, is the Mass. Um, we can't get away from this, and we well, obviously we can't go t- uh, down too deep in, into it, but Catholics, for their Mass, is an absolutely sacred ceremony, isn't it? And... Um, the breaking of the bread, the drinking of the wine. Um, I think people don't realise how, how special that is to them. No, I mean, the, the communion service is important to the Puritans and Protestants as well. It's, um, the great thing about uh, Elizabeth's settlement was that it was... Um, Bread and wine were to be taken in, in Christian So she thought services. that might be successful because yes. she keeps it. But, but, but the wording uh, of the service was, was quite vague. And so um, a Catholic could just about accept it. Um, it was it was like um, if you drew it on a line, and you know Catholics were on one side, Protestants were on the other. Elizabeth is slap bang in the middle, so she's trying to um, um, make the wording of the service as acceptable right. to Protestants and Catholics as possible. But of course, what what doesn't really work in the end, and I think the key to this question is. I would certainly say it is a successful compromise for the first 10 years. Um, the evidence for this, if you want it, is the Pope doesn't excommunicate the Queen until 1570. Um, Spain and France uh, don't do anything. There are no armies sent. We don't have any plots until 1569 for Catholic nobility. Um, and so really, you know, even though you could argue there was a lot of disgruntlement from both sides, um, I would say I'm about... You know, eight out of ten. This was quite successful if we judge it by purely the first ten years. What would you? Where would you? Yeah, draw I agree. Yourself? I think that, that's the key measure: the fact that uh, there aren't any Catholic plots against Elizabeth, mm. um, and it's not really until the arrival of Mary Queen of Scots um, in fifteen sixty eight yeah. that we get um, any sort of uh, potential trouble on the horizon. 
um, because uh, we now have a, an alternative Catholic queen in the country. Um, so, um, yeah, I would say it's for the first 10 years, it's a very successful settlement. Awesome. So just to review, 16-mark question, look at that question. What does it want you to do? We've spoke about four points here. We probably think three and a decent sort of conclusion that we've tried to reach there would be enough for you. So making sure you outline the bits of the settlement, show the examiner you know what it is, show that you know which bits the Catholics liked, which bits the Puritans liked, conversely, which bits the Catholics didn't like and the Puritans didn't like, and then sort of reach this this final conclusion, if you like. Follow those instructions and you will score very highly on this question. And tune in next time for um, the next question. Hello, uh, welcome to um, the first of a series of podcasts uh, designed to help you, uh, your 11s, your 10s, with GCSE 16 mark questions. We know these are the most difficult ones by a long way. Um, so we're going to have a go today at looking for at one on the Elizabethan period. Um, so I'm Mr Hall and I'm here with Mr Clayton. Hello. Uh, who's head of history at Bridge North Endowed School um, and a uh, long history of good exam results, haven't we, sir, between us? Oh, yes. Uh, so uh, today's question we're going to have a look at um, is a 16 mark on Elizabethan religious settlement. And it is Elizabeth's religious settlement was a successful compromise. How far do you agree? So, Mr. Clayton, what would you say is the first thing students need to do, need to think about all mistakes to avoid at this question? Well, I think, first of all, you've got to think about um, the compromise um, nature of the settlement. Why was it a compromise, right? And then think about, uh, well, how do we measure its success then, right? Uh, mm. how, you know, um, a compromise, obviously, it was um, trying to appeal to Catholics and Protestants uh, to get them to work together. Um, and to get them to live together um, peacefully um, and to avoid uh, revolts. Um, so uh, how do we measure that success? Yeah, really good point. So you always need to think about the question, what it's asking you to do. In this case, what does compromise mean and how do we measure it? That's a really good point. So I guess if we were marking this, the first point we'd like, the most obvious people we think about liking or disliking the settlement would be the Catholics. Um, would you say it's fair to say about 50% of the country were Catholic at the time still? Well, we know the Catholics were a minority and a large minority, but mm -hmm. I think historians um, can't really put a, f a, f a figure on it. It's, I think it's probably less than 50%. Right. Because, of course, it's a long time since Henry VIII uh, and his uh, church settlement. Um, so we've, the, the country's had over 20 years now um, to um, as a Protestant country. So I think we're looking at, I always think around 30%. Right, okay. So a sizable majority to try and please. Now, Elizabeth has got a very, very difficult situation. She's got to try and please both the Catholics and the Protestants. And she goes for this middle way, as she calls it. She, she thinks, I think she thinks she's being quite clever with it. So if we just go through some of the things that she did, which I believe that she thought the Catholics would see as sort of wins um, amongst this. So first of all, something that probably wasn't difficult for Elizabeth was she did like churches decoratively um, sort of laid out, didn't, didn't she? Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Um, so stained glass. Um, yeah. Now the paintings, um, the medieval wall paintings have mostly disappeared by now. They'd all been sort of... Oh, really? Watch, but, okay. But uh, uh, stained glass and decorative woodwork and... Um, um, yeah, you know, beautiful candlesticks and and so on on the altar. So that's all fine. You would go into these churches, and in, more importantly, perhaps you would 
feel like you're in a Catholic church, perhaps, so that would be important for a Catholic. So in terms of the, of the layout of a church, probably um, a compromise that most Catholics were willing to accept. I think we'd probably yeah. both agree. Um, we know the problem that her father, Henry, had had. Henry had... Um, when he'd um, broken from the Roman Catholic Church back in 1529, he'd said that um, he'd called himself the supreme head of the church. Elizabeth cleverly gets round this one, not by calling herself the head, but by calling herself... The uh, supreme governor. Yes, um, the so clever one. So that's uh, uh, quite a, a clever move, yes, because head of the church would imply the sort of... Um, the sort of superiority of the male over over female, and um, that would have offended a lot of people. You know, right. the, the idea of a woman being in charge of the uh, of the church. So no pope, but mm-hmm. she's not calling herself a direct substitute, and again, hoping that that won't inflame the views of many Catholics. Um, on top of this, of course, we've got priests wear investments, which we won't go into now, but again, something that Catholics would have liked. And uh, perhaps on top of all that, unlike. You know, the certainly the three previous Tudor monarchs, anybody who really deep in their heart of hearts wasn't really going along with this settlement didn't quite get the same severe punishments. There was no burnings, uh, there was no executions until 1577. So you're talking about you know, the best part of 19 years or 18 years of this settlement and really, you know, only fines for people having their own sort of secret masses and things like that. So it's got to be a compromise, right? It's got to be a show that it's working. Yes, yes. Just... And, and the, the fine was only um, a shilling a week for not attending um, a Protestant church. And that was a lot of money for a poor person. So it certainly kept the poor in line. But it was, it was nothing to, to someone who was wealthy. So in terms of the, the, the important political people, right. um, uh, the Catholic gentry and so on, um, they're not going to be bothered about paying a, um, a shilling a week for not going to a Protestant church. Fantastic. So there's enough there for any student to write down reasons why this was a success, Okay, just by maybe the looks, the ambience of the church, things like that. A group that people often forget to mention, because it is a little bit harder, um, are the extreme Protestants or Puritans, if they've become nicknamed them. So um, could we start off, Mr Clayton, talking about what you think Puritans would have liked about this settlement? Because no one really thinks about Puritans. They always think about Catholics, don't they, and Protestants. Yes, because the um, the Puritans, again, they're a minority. Um, we, again, it's very hard to know how many people were Puritans, but they're, they're a smaller group than the Catholics. Mm. But, but some prominent um, figures... Some prominent figures, yes, but of course um, the Puritans are never going to um, be involved in any plots with foreign powers because most of the foreign powers that could threaten England, like France and Spain, were Catholics. Right, so the yeah, Puritans are never going to bring in a, a Spanish army to overthrow Elizabeth. So the Puritans are, are less of a threat. Um, and again... Um, Elizabeth is, is not wanting to ignore them. She doesn't want to push them out and force them into rebellion. So she does uh, want to have some things in her settlement which will uh, appeal to them. Um, so the fact that um, the Pope, obviously, is, is still out of the equation. They like that. that. Uh, they like that. Um, the fact that um, priests can get married... Um, that that was a um, a real uh, bonus uh, for her, because so, uh, the Pro- the Puritans and the Protestants believed in in clerical marriage. Okay. Um, the churches are um, decorative. Yes, decorations are allowed, but it's not over the top. There's there's um, you know there's not lots of statues which the Puritans were worried about. You know that might lead people into idolatry, and Good. most of the wall paintings have gone. Um, so. 
some churches were actually very plain. You know, they've been their walls have been whitewashed um, in in the days of Henry VIII, and uh, they stayed like that, and the, and the Puritans like that. So it's important for students to know that you know, again there were elements in here. So Elizabeth, in one way, I mean, you've almost got. I'd say if you answered just what we've said so far, they could pick up maybe. 10 or 11 of these 16 marks for purely arguing how, how it's pleased both Catholics and uh, Puritans. I think we'd want to read that, wouldn't we? They wouldn't, we wouldn't want them to yes. miss out one group yes. or the other. So let's think about then, uh, just to draw this to a close, um, the opposition, um, people who, um, who, or bits of this uh, settlement that weren't particularly popular. So what, what jumps out as being the thing to you that... Um, that you know was hated from either side. Well, for the Puritans, um, the fact that the bishops were still there, that um, the Puritans were. What far is this thing rather... with bishops? Where does that come from? Well, um, ultimately, it, it comes from um, sort of church tradition. Um, the Puritans uh, wanted everything to be based on the Bible, and in the Bible, right. there's no mention of bishops. Um, and it seems that the early Christian church was actually governed by uh, a sort of committee of elders or. or, or um, uh, leaders uh, which would which were chosen by the population um, and that's what the um, the Puritans would have liked so they didn't like the bishops um, they didn't like the sort of decorative robes um, of the clergy um, as these vestments is it? yes but they tended to be worn only in services that uh, the, the the Puritans preferred um, their priests just to wear black robes uh, and That's the pure, of, I guess, that yeah. becomes the sort of day-to-day wear of, of most priests they only put on their sort of decorative so do they um, we've got things that they service. they don't like are they sitting there just whinging about them or do we have something concrete that students could just briefly mention is there anything that puritans did i know there was a petition was that, that as far as they go isn't it in terms of their opposition yes because again the um the puritans are, are very conscious do, about what there? it says in the bible and the bible t- um, you know, talks about obedience to authority, um, that you know, no government um, is is there without God's um, sort of permission, if you like, without God's right. will. And so they're not going to try and overthrow the Queen because that would be seen as going against the Bible. Yeah, and, and of course, again, like we said, there aren't really any foreign powers to back them, are there? No. Definitely, of course, for Catholics, um, as much as Elizabeth perhaps thought that the thing she'd... I think she was surprised. I thought that maybe she thought that the thing she'd offered uh, would would be enough. Um, if we think about the things of maybe why Catholics wouldn't see this as a successful compromise, for me, um, the first thing that comes to mind um, is the Mass. Um, we can't get away from this, and we well, obviously we can't go t- uh, down too deep in, into it, but Catholics, for their Mass, is an absolutely sacred ceremony, isn't it? And... Um, the breaking of the bread, the drinking of the wine. Um, I think people don't realise how, how special that is to them. No, I mean, the, the communion service is important to the Puritans and Protestants as well. It's, um, the great thing about uh, Elizabeth's settlement was that it was... Um, Bread and wine were to be taken in, in Christian So she thought services. that might be successful because yes. she keeps it. But, but, but the wording uh, of the service was, was quite vague. And so um, a Catholic could just about accept it. Um, it was it was like um, if you drew it on a line, and you know Catholics were on one side, Protestants were on the other. Elizabeth is slap bang in the middle, so she's trying to um, um, make the wording of the service as acceptable right. to Protestants and Catholics as possible. But of course, what what doesn't really work in the end, and I think the key to this question is. I would certainly say it is a successful compromise for the first 10 years. 
Um, the evidence for this, if you want it, is the Pope doesn't excommunicate the Queen until 1570. Um, Spain and France uh, don't do anything. There are no armies sent. We don't have any plots until 1569 for Catholic nobility. Um, and so really, you know, even though you could argue there was a lot of disgruntlement from both sides, um, I would say I'm about you know, eight out of ten, this was quite successful if we judge it by purely the first ten years. What would you, where would you yeah, draw Yeah, I agree. Yourself? I think that, that's the key measure, the fact that uh, there aren't any Catholic plots against Elizabeth. Mm. Um, and it's not really until the arrival of Mary, Queen of Scots um, in 1568 yeah. that we get um, any sort of uh, potential trouble on the horizon um, because uh, we now have a, an alternative Catholic queen in the country. Um, so... Um, yeah, I would say uh, it's for the first 10 years, it's a very successful settlement. Awesome. So just to review, 16-mark question, look at that question. What does it want you to do? We've spoke about four points here. We probably think three and a decent sort of conclusion that we've tried to reach there would be enough for you. So making sure you outline the bits of the settlement, show the examiner you know what it is. Show that you know which bits the Catholics liked, which bits the Puritans liked, conversely, which bits the Catholics didn't like and the Puritans didn't like, and then sort of reach this this final conclusion, if you like. Follow those instructions and you will score very highly on this question. And tune in next time for um, the next question. The podcast you just heard was made using Anchor. Ever thought about making your own podcast? Anchor makes it really easy for anyone to get started. It's a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing podcasts. Best of all, it's 100% free. Sign up now at anchor.fm slash new. That's anchor.fm slash new to get started.